Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and whoa, 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 whoa. welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, August 25th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javabeno which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, I don't know why I'm going into my old-timey 1930s radio announcer black and white voice, but whatever. If you feel so inclined, go uh, hit me up on either of those two accounts as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them on the show. And maybe uh, I feel like we might be due. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. Maybe after the trade deadline, I'm going to I'm going to say we do a mailbag podcast. I think that I think we might be due for one. But anyway, still send me your questions and stuff, guys. But for now, no mailbag pod, no nothing. Today, the Padres are back playing against the Mariners. You know, we had that day off yesterday. And now I figured let's let's do another crossover. Come on. It's what we all like doing. So I talked with Mr. DC Lundberg of Seattle Mariners, the Lockdown Seattle Mariners podcast, and it was great. Going to split this up into two parts, part one today and probably part two tomorrow. Uh, It was really fun. We just did good old baseball nerd stuff, and I feel like it's really fun for for Padres fans and all of you guys that are paying attention nationally to see what's going on in the American League. You know what I mean? What's going on with the Mariners? And let me tell you, I I mentioned on the podcast, I'm going to link it in the description. Uh, I have my own association with the Mariners in terms of how do I put this? Mm-mm. Kyle Seeger, and we talk about him a little bit, and uh, my funny, goofy story that I basically wrote for a website. What boy? I'll link it in the description, guys. But without further ado, let's get it on. You guys know what's going on. You guys get it. It's crossover time, baby. Let's go. And everybody, as promised, as prophesized, it is the meeting between two juggernaut franchises, right? The San Diego Padres right now and the, uh, oh, oh, wait, that kind of not, not as much really. The Seattle Mariners. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're be, especially it's like the Padres are like good for the first time in like a decade, right? Uh, I'd be joined by Mr. DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners, sir. Uh, not a team that everyone's used to from the, the Fire Faithful homies. It is not in our division. It's American League team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, though, before we get into all the, the the things and whatnot how you doing i'm doing fine thank you for having me on i really appreciate it how are you doing i'm doing pretty good man it's man it's fun being a padres fan right now let me tell you it's uh it's going i don't want to say according to plan is how i expected but it's going mm-hmm. even better than i expected and basically every kind of way what is it like just just to cut right into it i, sure. I just i gotta know what is the mariners kind of like what is the headspace on that franchise right now what is the perspective because it's not a winning team and it's no. not a team that's projected to win this year it wasn't projected to uh unlike other teams in your division which i guess is a plus you know the angels yeah. were expected to be good at least and they haven't been good so what's kind Would've of the thoughts you think? uh well uh <laughs> we, we we did just sweep the rangers um and you're welcome about that because i know that <laughs> yes, the Padres thank you um, and we actually swept them, you know, pretty badly. So to borrow a term from curling, my other favorite sport brooms up. And uh, <laughs> I want to thank you and your team for sweeping the Astros, which is also not yes, a favorite sir. amongst um, my audience or any other audience that uh, is not the Astros, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah. But um, as far as the Mariners go, um, it's it's definitely a young team. Everybody knows that it's a rebuilding team. Well, most people know it's a rebuilding team. Uh, those that don't, I don't know what they're on, but it's legal in Washington. So whatever. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that's just kind of that's just that's just kind of the way it goes. I mean it's it's a rebuilding project, and hopefully that um, people are kind of starting starting to see the fruits of the transactions that Jerry Depoto made over the off season, two off seasons ago when they traded uh, Paxton away and Edwin Diaz and got uh, all those uh, all those prospects. Some of them are at the major league level now. Some of them are performing at the major league level now well, and others are performing well at the alternate training site this year and may see major league action maybe next year, maybe 2022. But future's looking okay at this point, certainly better than the present is. But this is definitely, I consider this season for the Mariners just a really long, giant uh, spring training, as it were, because it's really mm. you know preparing for the future. That's right, man. And look, the Mariners, like they they had their moment a few years ago. Obviously, I feel like everyone knows uh, they kind of made the big splash with Robinson Cano, which yep. feels like a decade ago, right at this point. Um, and was, you know, wasn't it, it? yeah, it almost wasn't. I feel like actually the Mariners were they don't get credit for that era. They were actually pretty decent. They had a couple decent seasons. It just so happens to be that the Astros kind of you know they, they had their big. Uh, coming out moment. I mean, the Mariners, I think they had like a 90 win season once, and I don't think they made the playoffs. Like, it, it was just they were the unfortunate, um, you know, beneficiary, whatever the opposite of that is. It was a victim of, of just circumstances, a, a I guess. Yeah. More yeah. of a victim in, of circumstances. It was of two years ago, 2018. I think they won 89 ish games, mm. and they had the Astros, and Oakland, I believe, also won and two in that division, if memory serves, mm-hmm. and they were fighting Oakland for the second wildcard spot, and they just missed. Oakland had to lose their last game in order for the Mariners to have a chance to tie, and Oakland mm-hmm. wound up winning. And the Mariners looked like they were going to win their game at that point, but um, it it just wasn't to be. And then Jerry Depoto decided, let's blow it up, and uh, you know, let's be bad for a few seasons. Let's really build it for the future, and uh, we'll see what I can get for some of our stars. Right, right. And now I want to ask you, though, because to me – I'm remembering things like you guys had Nelson Cruz for a little bit. You had mm-hmm. uh, like some really good players. You had you obviously have King Felix, and then you have that Gene Segura trade. I remember was great, right? And Mitch Haniger, he was like a, oh, yeah. uh, a like had a really great year for them too. And I know he's hurt right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like the the Mariners. And and tell me if I'm wrong. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like this team that's been say the. Uh, I can't think of it like a, a an organization that's bad because of bad moves, but more a little bit of unfortunate luck, like for Hernandez, for example. This is a guy that I grew up with who won like 12 games and won the Cy Young. Like one of the pitchers who, you know, because <laughs> this is still back when this is still back when people were kind of valuing wins, right? And for him to be that good and kind of win the Cy Young there was really impressive. And it feels like, you know, right when the Mariners team started getting good, he started on the decline. So is it, do you feel like that way? Is that kind of what it's like in Seattle where it hasn't been awful decisions, more just a little bit of bad luck? There have been some bad decisions. There have been some very bad okay. decisions. Uh, the Richie Sexons of the world did not work out entirely well. I think he wound okay. up getting DFA in the last um, year of his contract, or maybe with a year to go. I don't exactly remember. The Adrian Beltre contract, I know Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer, but all of that mm-hmm. production really came when he was with Texas. He didn't do much for the Mariners right. other than just be a league average third baseman for $48 million, which was not warranted. He wasn't worth that much money at that time. And they couldn't allocate money to other areas uh, to spread. You know, It was basically one big contract and a bunch of also-rans playing. And that was also the era where 
there were still a lot of holdovers from the 2001 season. And they all rapidly declined mm. and aged at the same time. Brett Boone, John Olerud, what have you. And in terms of uh, King Felix, he got old really quickly, really young. At about 30, mm. he's about my age. So what would he be? 31, 32. Mm. And his last two seasons, he was mediocre at best. But, you know, I will say he still does have the last, the most recent perfect game in Major League Baseball. So the Mariners, I guess, do have that. Mm-hmm. They definitely are, are one of those franchises that have moments and stuff. And we're going to save yeah. the 2001 thing in a little bit, a little bit later on in the podcast. So just right. where I basically do the thing where I make up for the fact that I totally dissed your team at the beginning and I instead <laughs> talk about the weirdness of the team and what have you heard I'll my do that show? At the end. Have you heard my show? <laughs> so, so rumors <laughs> have it that DC he is quite critical of the Mariners, and it is one of those you got to be creative. But for I'm sure nice with that about team. it. I'm nice yeah, about it. Nice about it. Yes. Just a second, guys. Got to interrupt my conversation with DC to talk to you about a very special thing, and that's Built Bar. You know, I've talked about them before. You guys know, and I'm being—I don't even have to do. I have, I have to do nothing. They could have. I just—I don't know how to explain it, guys. I'm—I'm I'm stumbling over my words. You know why? Because I get excited just looking at the ad and what I have to talk about. You know why? Because I love food, guys. I don't know if you do that, and I love treats. And you know what? I love even more than food and treats. I love food and treats that are healthy for you and taste really good and that's what we have here with Bilt Bar right and not only you know I've praised them before on their flavors and just a great variety and even their mint chocolate uh, brownie flavor was really good and I genuinely don't like mint flavored things sue me whatever but I don't typically like them but this time I did and now I dare everyone it is your challenge of the day unless you don't want to be challenged maybe you don't want to get that tumbly rumbling but I'm going to give you the challenge I dare you to not get hungry and not be interested by the six new flavors that Bilt Bar has coming its way you ready here we go. They've got caramel brownie. Oh, yeah, right? Cookies and cream. Oh, cherry barcia. Lemon almond cake. Carrot cake and apple almond crisps. Oh, doctor, call me the ambulance. But you don't usually, you usually, when you, if you ate all of those things at once, you would have to call the ambulance. But not in this case. They're just flavors. And Built Bar, like I said, they're super healthy. And for the health conscious sort of guy or gal, they are a must for sure. They're great for people who are doing the old keto diet, which is something that a lot of people are a fan of. Bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber they're great they're really awesome so here's what i gotta ask you guys all right you go to builtbar.com and you use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order of these delicious treats and protein bars whatever whatever way you want to call them honestly come on they're really great they're really great guys seriously i I can't stress it enough dang it i want to eat them right now i'm not even kidding i'm hungry right now man see i I did it i meant to make everybody else listening to this hungry but i just made myself hungry i don't know what to say so anyway remember that is uh, builtbar.com and use promo code locked on for ten dollars off go check it out so let's let's talk about things that are nice going out for the the yeah. mariners right now right so we've got this series coming up starting uh by the time people are listening to this today it starts with chris paddock on the mound for yes. the padres they just came out the day off um, i'm not sure who's pitching for the mariners is it sheffield i'm not entirely sure marco marco gonzalez ah there we go so first of all you know the mariners not a great roster but before i, I have to i have to tell you a story so kyle seager <laughs> This man, Kyle Eager, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So he's the bane of my existence. And I actually oh, wrote about boy. this. And, uh, I might actually link it in the description because it's timely. Now that the Padres are playing. I basically wrote about how he was one of the examples of a player that I like was riding for. I was like, this guy's good and he's so underrated, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then he betrayed me and had those two seasons where he was very, very not good. And what was weird and why I wrote about it, three seasons. Three okay, seasons. there you go. Three. It was three at least seasons. three. Yeah. At least three. And what's funny is before that, super underrated. Everyone was like, oh, it's only Cano. And everybody else is like, Al Seager's pretty good. He's pretty young. Mm-hmm. He's got some nice defensive plays and like that too, uh, as well as the offense consistently more home runs every year. And then he just fell off a cliff. And for me, that was annoying because you know when you you ride for a player, right? Oh, yeah. Who no one's talking about, right? No one's talking about them. And everyone says, dude, what are you talking about, right? And then it happens and then it comes through, right? Yep. And then right when the world starts actually looking at the guy, then they go back to what <laughs> everyone thought they were. That's what happened yeah. to me. The cows. It's a little bit weird and it's a lot to do with fancy baseball. I can but... explain it, though. I can explain it. I can explain oh, exactly absolutely. Please. <laughs> please explain it. He's about 5'11", and when, right before he declined, he tried to add about 20, 25 pounds in muscle weight and you know, with the expectation that it was going to increase his power and give him mm-hmm. a little bit more pop in his swing like he needed it. It had the opposite effect. All it did was make him tight at the plate and constrict his swing and make, made him very tight defensively. Offensively mm-hmm. and defensively, he regressed because of it, and he also became hurt because his body, his frame couldn't handle it. He shed the muscle mm-hmm. weight at the beginning of last season, but began hurt. The last third of the season, if you look at his numbers, was very, very good. And mm-hmm. this season is a carryover of that. He's back down to his old mm-hmm. weight, and he's healthy. Well, there you go. <laughs> that kind of explains it. it but absolutely, that's, that's there's, awesome. there's an absolutely valid explanation. Yes, that's awesome. And about other things that I wrote about, not to plug my own article, like there was an Atlantic City trip involved, and I remember because oh, I'm my. just there and and <laughs> in a, in a fine way where it's just we're hanging out, and oh, then yeah. I see on the screen at the sports bar this mother effort <laughs> he's hitting, and I'm like, <laughs> you, you're the one who made me feel stupid for believing in you. Hits like his second home run of the day, and it bounces off the guy's glove. And that's how it went out. This was like last August, right? But uh, and I that's mentioned when it was that just and, starting to heat up. Yeah, and that was just what exactly. So that's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. And what the reason why the other thing about it was he's. It was a very odd career. You go from being underrated and consistent to your age, like 26, 27 season, and mm-hmm. that's when he the the like you said. Now you explain <laughs> it to me with the weight thing, but it's like yeah, that's usually not what happens. But the good news is, Kyle Seager's really good again, and arguably has been one of the the better third baseman in the American League, at least. I mean, you know, my team, we got the we got the real star, of course, right? But oh, of course, he's been absolutely. pretty good. Um, he's been very and good, also, and he's been a veteran leader on the team, which is something that the Mariners sorely need. <laughs> yes, right. So, like you said, there's, like, a lot of young players and whatnot. And then they have, like, this guy, Kyle Lewis. Mm-hmm. This man, Kyle Lewis, who, I don't know, looks like one of the best – like outfielders when I'm just looking at some of his regular stats batting 368 with a 456 on base who the who is this man who is this man Kyle Lewis explain to me well he uh I don't think anybody really expected this to be honest he came up through the system as a center fielder and he had some knee problems he blew out his knee so he missed almost a season's worth of plate appearances over a couple of seasons and Mm. he kind of shifted to a corner outfield position at the major league level last year, because he had come up as a center fielder, but because of his knee problems, you know, they weren't sure that he could play center field any longer at the major league level. They tried to begin at center field towards the tail end of summer training camp. And he looked good enough out there to, for the Mariners to say, Hey, you're our center fielder. You look good out there. And we're going to slide Malik Smith 
over to right field. And Malik Smith is back at the alternate training site. He started worse this year than he did last. And it just kind of, you know, injuries got to him and it kind of devalued him as a prospect. But I don't think anybody expected a batting average or anything, anything like this. And I'm not even sure that anybody was expecting the power numbers that he has displayed, mm. even though at double uh, a Arkansas, it's one of the worst parks for hitters in, uh, in the Texas league, which I was just told about the other day. And that kind of was a light bulb for me. Like, ah, maybe there is an explanation for this added power at the big league mm. level. And also remember double a does not use the major league baseballs. And I will leave it at that. <laughs> so I've I've heard things about this, right? I've heard yeah, things yes. about the, the balls that they're using down there. Um, but basically, it's like, yeah. So it's it seems like you're basically your whole. I don't want to say your whole offense or whatever, but like it seems the main two guys, right, for the Mariners right now are Kyle Seager and and apparently JD Martinez. That's like what seems to be going on here. Whereas this this prospect that people <laughs> forgot about, and for for good reason. I feel like the JD Martinez things. When you when you look back, it's like oh, it's like. He never played though. That's that's why he wasn't like he didn't blow up. And then he, he got a right. chance, and then he was a great immediately. Another mm-hmm. guy that served me well in fantasy, by the way. Um, oh yeah. What is going on in terms of the pitching side of things? Because you guys did at one terms. We talked about Felix. We even guys like I remember Hisashi Iwakuma was pretty good for them for a few years, and then they had Edwin Diaz who had an obscene board, like a Cy Young quality season in terms of a relievers that one year right where he had like i think his his k percentage was like 43 it was something insane right so what is it on the pitching side of things for the mariners right now that it's a little less encouraging i think than the offense is marco Mm -hmm. gonzalez has been our best starter our best starter i'm not associated has been the mariners best starter (laughs) um this season he's put together three very good starts in a row and let's talk about you know the pitches that at least will be facing the padres tuesday you will have marco gonzalez um, single-digited pitcher, very unusual. Uh, mm-hmm. Left-hander, uh, Gonzaga product, yay, Spokane, which is where I'm from. Um, he's he's got a three-three-four <laughs> ERA. His his really one bad start was his first start, and that was in Houston. And he's never fared well in Houston. Wednesday, the Padres will have uh, Taiwan Walker opposing them, who's had kind of an up and down um, season. And mm-hmm. a lot of the pitchers and Walker has been more prone to this than some of the other starters is that the, he's prone to giving up the big inning and as are a lot of the mm-hmm. bullpen pieces. And it's usually the third inning or the fourth inning where, you know, it'll be, um, you know, a, an error or a walk or a blue pit or something to that degree. And then, you know, very quickly there'll be runners on the corners, a run here. And before you know it, they've get up, given up three or four runs. Thursday, you'll be pleased to know that you'll be facing Yusei Kikuchi, um, who's <laughs> terrible. He had one or two good starts, and the rest have just been awful. And the last two-thirds of the season, really, were just very, very bad. He walked too many hitters. He gave up far too many home runs. I th- he might have led the American League in home runs given up last season. I just don't see what the Mariners see in this guy, quite honestly. And is it a three-game series or a four-game series? It's a three-game series. Three-game series, yeah. But uh, Justice Sheffield has put together some very, very good starts, uh, two or three consecutive very good starts. And I was not high on him going into the season at all. And he's got a new pitch he's using this season, a two-seam fastball, which is not as straight as his four-seam fastball. Mm -hmm. Haters can't barrel it as well. And he's improved his control. He was one who who had also walked 
too many hitters. Justin Dunn, I'm still not convinced he's a long-term rotation piece, although his last start against Texas was very, very good. He also puts too many hitters on base via walks. And uh, the other starter we um, that the Mariners have is on the disabled, the injured list. Pardon me, Kendall Graven. I'm not exactly sure when he's going to come back, but in his stead, they've had Nick Margevichis, who I believe is a former Padre. Maybe I can't remember though. Okay. Well, in any yeah, case, Nick Margevichis, I think his first start. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, his mm-hmm. first start wasn't so good, but uh, he's he looks like he could pitch. He could be a major league starter. He could be a major mm-hmm. league starter. He looked very good. And the bullpen is right. kind of filled with. Uh, you know, the also rans who didn't quite make the rotation and they're not quite prospects and Dan Altavilla. <laughs> I mean, so so here's the thing. Here's what I'm hearing, right? Here's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing a rebuilding team, right? That's exactly what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I'm also hearing another team. So this is what I've been talking. I talked with the Astros guys uh, just on yesterday's podcast where I f- is this just me or does no team in all of baseball have a good bullpen right now? Because it just because the Padres <laughs> bullpen. Which has been talked about, right? The Padres bullpen, they lose Kirby Yates for the year. He was uh-huh. getting lit up anyway. They have Emilio Pagan, who was literally not the closer for right. them. It was Kirby Yates and Drew Pomeranz, and Pomeranz is on the IL right now too. But somehow Emilio Pagan has four blown saves and leads the league. I remember saying, I was like, wait, how? Like, you're not even the closer. So that's weird. Um, so, like, that's – I wonder if – I'm just looking around the league and I'm like, this – maybe I'm maybe i overestimating or I'm – complaining a little bit too much maybe it's just this kind of thing where everybody's got a bad pulpit who knows but uh hey you did get me excited though prep prep time going into Mm. the season was so short and i think it really affected the pitchers more than did the hitters Mm. so maybe that's a product of that but um i remember emilio pagan as a mariner and i was very pleased with him i I was not happy uh when the mariners got rid of him he had some very good seasons in oakland and tampa bay so it may be just an aberration because he certainly got the talent to perform absolutely i mean I hope that he gets better. I hope he gets better. Maybe the Mariners will be an, uh, a get right type of, of team, maybe. Who knows? But one thing's for sure is that I'm looking forward to this Paddock start because Paddock has not been a uh, uh, people who are like only somewhat aware of the Padres might not realize that he's been okay this year. You know, he's yeah. been a little bit up and down. He does get lit up by the Dodgers. That's his only truly bad start, That's but a lot of I mean, the top offense in the national yeah. league, don't they? Yeah. So, so at out. least it was them. At least yeah. it was them. But in general, I've been a little bit concerned with some of his, his fastball control and whatnot, but in fairness, I mean, he was so good last year. Maybe it's a little tiny bit of a software sub. It can happen sometimes. Right. But still they've got Lamette. They're, they've got Richards who wasn't great the other day and they somehow won despite the fact he only went one, like one, uh, one and two thirds innings because he only gave up one run. But uh, it's going to be an interesting series, just in the in the sense that uh, we don't play each other too often. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, spring training, it's, it's a bunch definitely... they share a spring training facility. Yeah, it's, exactly. So it's like uh, it's, it's kind of cool for that point, rivals, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, whatever. Yeah, sure, whatever that means, right? Two I think two the teams. Natural rivals are actually the the uh, Vancouver Canucks, but that's another story altogether. That's another story. Zip, zip, zip. That's all we can do for now, guys. I'm going to cut off the talk with DC right there. I got it. I know. I got to hold some of it back. Hey, I gave you a chunky, big, fat boy pod yesterday. All right? So I don't want to hear any complaining of any of the fans out there. I'm really at high energy today, by the way. I don't know if you guys could tell by my intro, my borderline insane uh, talking about Built Bar before, but still, I'm really excited. It's just 
exciting times for me and the, the Padres. What can I say? Uh, so I'm cutting it off there. Part two will be uh, out tomorrow, and it is going to be really fun. Where DC and uh, I just talk more Padres and uh, Mariners, and we and I ask him some stuff about his origins of the uh, Mariners fandom, and we get we just get really nerdy and whatnot. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from: Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Himalaya app, wherever. And if you would like, remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And if you would also like this, I would really appreciate it. If you guys want to soften my ego, make me a little bit more happier, you can go send me some nice reviews of the podcast on iTunes. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Take care.